Perfect. We're on. Kia ora, everybody. What's up? It is Rebet. Let's rock and roll. Uh, joined today with the bro, Ian Taylor. <laughs> How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, Rebet. Nice uh, to see you. Yeah, bro. Uh, NZ uh, Tech Hall of Fame. Whole bunch of amazing things. You've got some fancy letters behind your name and shit. Now you've you've done some big things. Life is good. Uh, Maori Business Leader of the Year. On top of all that, as well. It's good to see you, man. You're in you're in Dunedin. You're safe. Hey, it's your wife's 65th birthday. Game it on. It is indeed. Yeah. You got, you got her some. Okay, you go. I'm, I can't I'm, wait for this banter. This is going to be so no, good. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> uh, the other thing is I'm in that danger group. I, I turned 70 this year. What? So I'm in that, yeah, I, I'm in that group that's Jeez. not allowed to go outside. It's like um, we had uh, young with uh, Tony uh, Falkenstein the other day, and he's 73 now. And I'm like, bro, I didn't realize you were 73. He was like, <laughs> yeah, mate, I've been giving it up. And it's like, man, when you – I always love our chats. And, and I, I've told a couple of people this when you know, we broke down and stuff. I was like, mate, it gives me so much hope to know that my energy levels not only can stay at that high for that long, probably will stay, and I'm not going to feel alone <laughs> when I'm at that age. So I just get like so hyped. I'm like – Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Tony. Thank you, all these other weapons that have come before me to um to to get rock and rolling. Um, so when you get, I'll, I'll start here because for for if you've been under rock and you don't know if they don't know who you are, how do you describe yourself now? When when you're introducing, like obviously you say you're Ian, but how do you? What's the context? It's like, hi, I'm Ian. <laughs> Just yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, hi, I'm Ian. I'm this really old bugger who's surrounded by really clever people. Yeah. And, and you know the thing about keeping up your energy, the, the really reassuring thing about that, Robert, is I can tell you that at 70, you will not believe how fast the time has gone by. It just rockets by. What? When you're 70, it goes faster. You're saying the gap between no, no, my no. age and your age, just in general. No, no. no I, I just, you know, I pause every now and again and think, God, I've been around for 70 years. And it sounds like a long time. But, man, it's gone past just like that. Cool, isn't it? Well, it's that, that same thing of it validates the concept and when you genuinely love what you're doing, time goes and you go into – you can – like people talk about going to flow states for yeah. minutes or an hour. I think when you're generally so in, you can flow state for decades because you're <laughs> just in. So you've probably done the same well, thing, Matt. You've probably just flow stated for a couple of decades. Actually, I can remember when life went really slowly – it was when I was doing Latin at school. Those classes just went on. See, and this on validates it. It's because you hated it. It's because you hated it. If yeah. you love it, it goes it goes faster. So, um, man, where to start? Uh, actually, let's just rewind quickly back. You were in the states when the world of sports stopped. <laughs> so, um, Friday the thirteenth, talk us through your shit show and go oh, from there. It was incredible. So. You know, so we've been, um, our company's been around for 30 years this year. I've been doing this stuff. And uh, we started with the America's Cup. We do golf all over the world. We do all sorts of sports. This was going to be our biggest year ever. We just signed with Major League Baseball. That's about 2,500 games a, a season. We were we just signed a whole new contract with PGA Golf. Um, we had the European Golf Tour as well. We were talking with CBS about 23 uh, NFL games, including, including the Super Bowl. The Super, the Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not that I know anything about it at all, but oh. we said, yeah, we can do that. It looks really cool. Um, so anyway, that was that was cool. And so this year was starting off. The first big one was the Players' Championship in Florida, down there in Jacksonville at Sawgrass. 
So I flew in there on the Wednesday, the 11th. On Thursday, the 12th, we launched all of this new stuff for the PGA. On Friday, the 13th, it just all stopped. It just, baseball stopped, everything stopped. So Friday night, we flew out. I flew back to New Zealand. We went straight into two weeks of self-isolation. And two days before the self-isolation finished, the government put us into full lockdown. So I've been doing this for six weeks. Uh, actually, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you this. You, you know, I travel a lot. You travel a lot, lot more. How has your body reset and your mind slowed down or sped up being physically confined without traveling the, the in and outs, the, the places oh. you've, you go? How, is, how have you navigated being static physically? Mate, my mind has been going at a million miles an hour. It's, a, it's been incredible. I, I don't, I've got no idea what the day is today, but no idea at all. But, but, but you know, the, one of the things that I have realised is that I flew way too much. That, yeah. that, that actually what I found is so, you know, but you're EP1 you, you, though as well. You're like you, you're on some you're on some <laughs> next level shit. Like you, people say, quite, oh, they're like, Rupert, man, you fly so much. I'm like, bro, you haven't seen the bro Ian's miles. <laughs> you're in that EP1 shit. But yeah, no, go for it. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it does spoil you a little bit. But um, you know, so on Friday the 13th, the whole world stopped. But within about three days or four days of getting back, we'd spoken to the guys at MLB, we'd spoken to the guys at PGA, and we'd all come to the same conclusion that this will sort itself out. It might take a year, who knows? But when it does, why don't we spend this time getting everything up to speed so we really hit the ground running when we come out? So they've been really, really supportive. So we've carried on with all the contracts, building all the stadiums, all the stadia for baseball. We're building all of the golf courses for golf. So that's keeping the team really busy. But while we're doing that, the other side is that, um, you know, when the when the um, golf starts again, chances are we might still have the borders locked so we won't be able to get out. So now we're working with them. The biggest risk for us is that we won't be able to get out of our country or into theirs. So now... We're Virtual working. headset, roll yeah, we're, yeah, we're we're all working on this remote, um, the remote controls, the remote connections, which is actually the future for sports anyway. You know, so go there for a sec because I'm I'm really intrigued of how yeah go there. Well, so so if let's take the Masters for example, you know, there's you know six seven hundred people turn up for the TV crew for the Masters. The hotel rooms go from. $90 a night to $600 a night for the week of the Masters. There's all of that time flying in the air, polluting the atmosphere. So it's expensive to both the environment and for production. So now we are every, everybody's cranking back going, could we maybe only have a third of the people on site and do all of this from a hub where people's lives are really cool? Because at night you're with your family, you drive in to work, and you do five events from the one location. So we're already looking at that for cr cricket. So we do the cricket in Australia, and we're already in discussion there with the idea that the borders might be closed. So we will be able to operate fully remotely from New Zealand into the cricket being done in Australia. And we may have to do that for the first few golf tournaments we do this year. 
it's um it, it's severely fast forwarded a lot of the strategic thinking into action for where you knew the future would go right and so f we're talking about it before like you're actually quite excited about all this <laughs> oh honestly you know you talk about you know when you do get your ep1 card they give you this beautiful um tracking of your travel and and i think that you know that's meant to be this is really cool i used to look at it and think oh my god and look at the carbon footprint ah! yeah so for, for those who don't aren't aware of what ep1 is but i'll give you the summary so you don't need to ball out with how baller that shit is so when you go into the Kauru Lounge, if you're in Auckland, you walk in and it's great and it's nice. Not many people know that just to the left-hand side, there is a, a blanked-off uh, glass thing, which is a, it's a lounge within a lounge. And it is an exclusive club called EP1, which when you ask any New, Ze New Zealand um, employee, they not only deny it, they act like you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and essentially, it's 100. Now, I don't know if the number's right, but I got told it was 100 in the world in this club, and that is it. A buddy of mine, you you know him, but we don't need a name drop away. He said that when he got invited into it, they rung him up and they said the onboarding process. I don't know if it's the same for you. They said, "Okay, so, all right, all right, sir. Um, when you when you sit down on a scale of one to ten, how much would you like our staff to communicate with you with?" And he was <laughs> like, "The fuck? What? Like a 10? I was like, "Whatever." Blah blah. blah. And then um, he was saying the interesting thing when they pick the people, it's never the fa most famous people that are in it it's the power movers behind it that you wouldn't think are the actual players and so i was like no shit and then he, they said they told him what's your favorite wine and he goes oh i don't know like a nice pinot he's like from where i don't know like amersfield he's like what year shit i don't know like a 2011 it's like all right cool we're gonna have that in every single spot and he just he told me that he got on ep1 from his seat at lax into the car in seven minutes with his yeah. gear is it that is it that good or is it better than that? Because I'm just like, that is flipping amazing. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, I don't know what the number is now, but honestly, I used to feel like Nigel, no friends, because you you turn up in this lounge and, and I mean, it's not much. You're the only one in it. You know, you've got a, all this money, but, but I loved it. I used to go out and find all my Maori mates <laughs> in the Cory Club work for the government because that's how they get into the corridor club um and then invite them into this and fill it up <laughs> so epic i we had this idea i don't know where we ended up giving it to i forget what it was and maybe it was a partnership between in new zealand and care it was someone and i we had this idea for um a single care uh, it might have been care connect or koru connect and it was um business tinder for relevant interests in different verticals to meet yeah. and it automatically ai synced up and i don't know if they've done it or not but it was i think there was a Anyways, it's a while ago. Um, it, it, that's a, that is actually a really great idea. But the one thing I do have to say is, again, you know, this little Māori fella from from Hawke's Bay, from Rolfham, <laughs> sitting in there, some of the, you, you're right about the movers and shakers. Bro. You sit across the line going. Dude, and, and the thing is, because my mate, obviously, like, we're, we're boys, he was telling me, like, they fully talk as if no one else is in the room with the actual <laughs> shit. And he's sitting there like he's in the um, he's in the entertainment music sort of game. And he's like, what are you? Uh, the, what? Like he, his mind was blown. And he's probably sitting the same thing like, oh, wow, this is some shit. So anyway, long story short, there's a thing. There's a secret club called EP1. It's in New Zealand. There's only 100 people. It's by invite only. And it's never the famous faces that you'd think oh. would be there. It's the hitters behind the scenes. That's the I shit. I got to I got to share this story with you. Go right? on. I, I was in the Curry club one day, and I was in the in the lounge, EP1 lounge, and John Key was in there. Yeah, he's in. Yeah. 
Yeah, it was last year. So he said, said good day. And I sit down. And, and this um, little island girl comes out, someone, and she comes out. She's probably only about, you know, 19, 20. So she walks into there. There's John Key sitting over there. Here's me sitting here. And she walks past me over to John and says, ah, are you Mr. Taylor? <laughs> yes, it was so cool. And John, oh. he's, he's smiling. Went, uh, uh, he's the one over there. <laughs> so epic. I heard a story. My buddy was with John. Uh, it would have been the year before last. And the flight was getting cancelled. Not the same guy, different guy. And before even it came over the the the, the signal, he looked at his phone. It said EP one. Goes, he's like, okay, cool. Hangs up. And then like a minute later, it's like, Bing, Bing. I'm sorry, the flight's been delayed from so and so. He's really, I was like, ah. so anyway, one now, of my. Now, now you're really pissing everybody off. I know. Okay, stuff this EP one shit. Okay, yeah. but anyway, okay, we, we we digress. Um, I love the idea. No, actually, you were just saying before as well before we got on air. You're not making anyone redundant. You're keeping everyone on board and going absolutely hard to build IP. Explain hmm. the, the 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 thinking around the value, the timing, the why, the just this just that whole that whole piece. Because I think it's really interesting with how you're thinking about time compared to some. Well, well, there's there's a couple of things. So when this hit, the very first thing we did is that. You know, a lot of these people have been with me for 30 years. The, the, the original people who started with me are still here. So it's family. And so right from the get-go, our call was nobody gets laid off. What do we do to make sure no one gets laid off? And how long can we keep that going for? So with the board and everybody else, with that as the premise, the job was easy. It's like, how long can we last? And what do we need to do? So We've given, guaranteed everybody their jobs till Christmas. So that means that no one has to worry about, will they have a job next week? What's this? So they can stay focused now on when Christmas comes, what will we have done over the seven months that when this all clears, we really hit the ground running. And and this time is hugely valuable because you don't normally get it. Yep. So all the stuff we're doing now, we would not be able to do because Half our team would be in America, half would be in Australia. Well, that's a whole. So, <laughs> but anyway, you know, my math ain't great. The others would be traveling through Europe. So now we've given them this brief that says, you know, all those things that you really thought we should do that we haven't been able to do, you've got seven months and you don't have to worry about your job. I'm also really proud of the group I work with because we made it clear that we'd have to make some savings somewhere so that nobody got laid off. And so the group decision of 40 people was we'd take a 20% pay cut across the board, everybody, but the people at the top had all said, let's scale it like the tax system. So the people on 60,000 or below, there is no cut. And then, because they're the ones that will struggle at any sort of cut. And then, those of us who, you know, may earn more than they do, but probably have fewer expenses, like, you know, our kids are gone, our houses are mortgage-free. Well, we're at the other end, so let's balance it up. And that was their idea. That's and cool. that's what, isn't it great? It's a, isn't it great? But communal equity. Totally. Communal equality. Communal yeah. equality. Yeah, totally. And, and, and do you think that, like, even just that one hooker alone has created more of a tribal pack of unity amongst the team well, as a togetherness because that it, is that's it, priceless 
Yeah, it's 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 always been a really tight team. But what is incredible now is how much work is getting done with everyone in isolation. So um, we 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 taken a move. We could we saw it coming, I guess, or the team saw it coming. So a week before they even announced the lockdown, anybody who wanted to work from home was working from home. As soon as they announced the lockdown, everybody just moved out because all the computers had been taken out to their houses. So everybody was up and running, working remotely with each other and with our clients around the world immediately. And the the amount of work that's getting done is phenomenal. Um, one One of the messages we passed to our staff was that Um, Your job description is now a different job description. Your job is to do some of this work, but it's also to look after those people who are in your bubble, your family, your house. So if you, you don't, this isn't about working eight or 10 hours a day. It's 24 hours a day, but your job description now includes looking after yourself and your family or the people around you. And if that means that, Today you don't you, you you want to take the kids to the park or do just go. That's so it, it's it's been really interesting talking to so many people over this last while. Just the 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 transparency and the the like leadership's become so visible at so many levels, and I think that's such a good thing that that to to see not only the the staff from within it as a as a as a hub have unity of purpose and and passion and commitment, but also just like a, a, a wider zoom out approach that it's not just about the output from the commerce, it's community, it's fam. It's, this, it's humanizing everyone, right? Which is amazing. Yeah, this this will change forever the way we work. We will not go back to the old way of working. Um, it was really interesting. We were starting to think about, was there a way we could work a four-day week instead of a five-day week. There you go. Um, Old Andrew Barnsley is getting in the mix, yep. Yeah, yeah. And and we couldn't really make it work because the way we the way we do things, um, you know, we've got clients everywhere. It's sort of 24-7. But a different version of that is what we are doing now that says, you know, you don't measure work by the hours you put in. You measure them by the things that output. get done. Output, yeah. output, output. So uh, the... Um... Two, two parts I'm really intrigued about. One is, as a leader, it gives you time to, for, it's a forced reset to think a bit more strategically about how you can shift forward into the future. Secondly, I want to go back to the IP thing again, because now with tourism on pause, tech's take, going, to, going to take over and will be the biggest opportunity for global export and and weightless um, opportunity for, for commerce for the nation. But the IP because you said it before and the concept of that in a nutshell is literally what can you create which is going to be valuable that you that you are passionate about which we haven't had the time to do because the actual upside for those things opposed to out you know um selling you know your service by the hour or whatever is so much disproportionately higher are you excited seeing some of these whiteboard crazy ideas starting to exist in the learnings like what are you learning about the creation of all this new new ideas, like how is it shifting? What products and services you think you can have for the future? How you might attack different markets? Like how's how's their ideas starting to manifest into at, at the C suite? Well, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like a know it all, but if we go back thirty years ago, um, when we started this business, was the same year that the internet was invented. 
It was the same year. But um, even back then, it might, you know, we might have been crazy, or who, who knows, but we decided we weren't ever going to leave Dunedin. Whatever we did, we were going to do from here. And, you know, in the Māori worldview, the footsteps of our past, we, the footsteps we lay down and past create the paving stones of where we stand today. So now when I look back at all of those footsteps 30 years ago, I didn't know that on the other side of the world, a guy called Sir Tim Berners-Lee was going to build me the highway that we would need to go to the world. Mm. So, but he did. And so here we are linked to that highway doing all of this stuff, and we've never had to leave Dunedin to do it. We do sports all over the world. We do it all from here. A great story there because if we, again, look at all of those footsteps, I can't remember, something like 1873, a refrigerated ship called Dunedin sailed out of Port Chalmers with frozen sheep on it and changed the economy of the entire country, made us one of the richest countries in the world. What was it doing? It was taking a product that was running around the, on the farms and we ate it internally. It took it, packaged it in a new way, used high new technology, refrigerated shipping to take it to the world. The internet is that highway for these times and it has been that highway for 30 years. This is really bringing it to the fore. Well, it's, it's almost full circle, right? Because if you look at all other businesses that decided local to try to go global as soon as tech bubble hits everyone pisses off to, to silicon valley and then about five years ago you started seeing boards and stuff of of um of, of companies that were getting money from silicon valley telling them not to come there for a multitude of reasons and saying no no no, stay in new zealand it's all good you got high retention rate um better uh it's cheaper leases um it's just a better quality of living uh oh, all the rest of it and it's funny so then there's just been this the masses went and the masses have come home. And then now I've been saying it for years, there's no reason that you can start local, go global, but still stay local. There's no there's no reason you can't. It's quite interesting because everyone, you've done that the entire time. And now everyone 30 years later finally like, oh, we can actually do it from here. Yeah. There was there was way to, you know, I used to be on the, um, the funding board before Callaghan. And, you know, I was always amazed at the businesses that we, supported and funded that went to a certain scale and then always went offshore or sold themselves offshore. Um, we, you know, you just need some of them like Angus Tate, those sort of businesses that decided, or to Peter Jackson, you know, yeah. great example. Stuff that here. I, here. I'm here. You want us, you come to us. And and I think this is, this is the real opportunity for New Zealand because we're this, we are going to be one of the safest countries in the world to live for a while. And, as people realize how connected we are, that's going to make a big difference. Perfect segue. What I, Not only was my predictions around what tech would, because they were saying, you know, tech's the second biggest export, be number one in 18 months. Now I think that's potentially in the next eight months, because obviously um, tourism's a pro 90% down, 95% down, if not 100. Yeah. Go. You know, could I just, yeah, t- tourism is a really interesting one as well. Yeah, you know? okay, go. And, and so... You know, I've, oh, it, it has just amazed me that, uh, you know, as a country, we've put so much reliance on tourism, overseas tourism, um, because it, it only, it generally creates low value jobs and we're seeing that now. So the people who are suffering most are the people who work in tourism who 
couldn't afford houses in the first place because the jobs that were created by tourism aren't really all high paying. Um, that there is going to come a day when people say we cannot be flying planes that far just to go on holidays. There will come a time. And this is a really big warning for us to say tourism is important. It should be high value tourism that creates high value jobs. And it should be tourism that protects what people come here to see. We were heading into a stage where they're proposing an airport, new airport in central Otago. They would dump another 6 million tourists into central Otago. Why? You know. Uh, you money, know, Ian. Money. Well, well <laughs> not, not really because, because most of the businesses that benefit from that, the hotels, all of those are overseas owned anyway. So that money goes straight out. And what would happen sooner rather than later is New Zealand companies that benefit the most will get bought up by overseas companies. So we, happens, need, yeah. we, we need to think, yeah, this is a fabulous country. This is the time when people should start looking at the country we've got and doing internal tourism. I've yes. had the privilege of going all over the world. You know, I've been everywhere. I would not swap this country for any other place in the world. And I'm always amazed at how much this country looks like every other country I've been to. You'll find somewhere that reminds you of some place you've been to. Yeah, it's it's true. I interrupted what you were going to say. No, 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 it's, it's, it's great. Always happens. <laughs> no, it's it's, it's, mate, it's great. It's honestly so. I, I absolutely always cherish and love love the, the yarns. It just. It, well, it's, I'm, it, I'm going to talk about something you did. That, oh, see, yeah. what have I done? No, no, because this this is that future visioning again. I can still remember when I got this phone call from this guy. <laughs> I thought it was Robert. I, I thought there was this Robert Hollis guy who rang me up and said, he said to me, hey, bro, isn't it cool Lydia's coming back to play golf in the New Zealand Women's Open? I said, yeah, it's really cool. But how come no one's covering it? And I said, yeah, that's terrible. Oh, well, I can do it on my cell phone. <laughs> what? Why don't I get three people with cell phones and we'll go down there and I've got the system. And we did it. Yeah, man. I, I, you dude, did I, it. You did no, it. You, no, you did it. And I've, I've given props to you when I finally I had an interview with Tex about it because you were the gatekeeper that I knew had access to it, that, that, knew, that knew me that I wasn't, you knew me enough that I wasn't pissing around, that I wouldn't have come to you unless it was for real. Because I remember when I, I was really scared to hit you up about it and and then when we talked at three, and I still remember when we got down there on the Saturday and did it, we had a TV crew following us yeah. doing the story about us doing the story of what wasn't being done by the TV crew. And the irony, I'm sitting there like, this is so messed up. And then I remember you rang up and you're like trying to, you, I think you were at a, you were on the board of NZ on air at the time. And you rang me up to ask how you were like, oh, so the crew didn't know how to work Snapchat. And I literally, I don't know if I blew up on you at them. And I said, look, if we're having to have a conversation with the NZ on air board and they don't even understand how to log into user, I think we've got bigger conversations to have when we do this. It's like, yeah, I think you're right. And it's yeah. funny how it took five years from that moment. And then sky backed at this, this, this year to try and re rejig it again. And it's funny. We, we picked and it's right. But, but to probably back to your point is you need that flipping bravery to go and to try and to do, and it may not happen the first time it may not happen the second but you learn and you try and you test and you flip and 
do shit. It's like you so, need to do it. So this this is the time, you know. What co you know, you, you you said to me before, I seem so optimistic about what had happened. And but it's times like this that you can really truly take those risks. I mean, sport will do anything to get back on air. So, you know, we've, we're just developing a whole system now for the stadium down here where we can fill the entire stadium with crowds, you know, so nobody will know that the place is empty. It's, it's really cool. It's really exciting. Oh, you're going to you're gonna drop people into it? It's secret. It's secret. But, but it's going to be cool. Oh it's going to be cool. Gosh. It's going to be cool. But, you know, getting back to your golf thing, I can still – you knew it was the future of something when it started off and – then Lydia realized that she was on Snapchat and she and then she started making little videos while she was playing. Yes. We only had two people videoing the thing, but then people down the fairways would find Snapchat and go, Oh, here's Lydia's ball. That's what that's where she hit it to. And it was this communal coverage yes. of a game of golf that was so different. I, I think I'd rather be first than lose, but historically right. You know, well, there you, go. <laughs> you, you no. covered the women's open with a cell phone. <laughs> yeah, no, it was obviously partnered with the, the, the good Kermish group, but it's that same point of when you have, when you get, when you can see what you know is going to happen, it's just stopping and using that moment. And that's why I think we always get so hyped when the, the world gets crazier because we can see it's like, no, no, now's the time when we can shift and go lateral. Now's the time where we can um, go crazy and try something. Now's the time where CEOs need to take risks to try and shift into the future. Now's the time we can actually do it. So that's why I always get so hopeful around like, cool, now's our moment. Yes, there is medical concerns, yes, there's health concerns, yes, there's community concerns, yes, there's commercial concerns. But amongst all that thing, the headspace that you choose to take into it changes your mindset about how you approach things and what you elect affect you or what you do to the world. I think it's so critical. Can I can I take can I take you to a different lesson from here now? Go for it. So, and, and I can tie it to sport. Doesn't it? But so we're we're going to, we're about to virtually launch ocean race boat so it used to be the volvo ocean race so the new thing is called the ocean race it's next year um we're about to launch a boat that we're, we're calling the new zealand entry here waka ekenoa which is we're all in the waka together and we had decided to call it that some time ago uh, and it, it arose out of a exercise bianca cook who's 29 years old she's already raced in the volvo ocean race so she's going to skipper this boat she called me up when we were doing a thing for called Land of Voyages about the Pacific sailors who traveled across the Pacific Ocean. And part of that, we were on a two-hulled waka called the Fafaiti that was skippered by a 25-year-old Tahitian girl. With no navigation. So 4,000 kilometers from Tahiti to here. We tracked her with all the satellites. She used the stars, the sun, and the ocean currents and nailed it. It was incredible. And then... So anyway, Bianca calls me up and said, I'd love to meet her. So we put her on the boat with, so the 29-year-old Pagia girl called Cook and a 25-year-old Italian Tahitian, and they sailed for five days. So when Bianca came up with this idea for a boat, she said, I want to I celebrate the Polynesians. I want to celebrate that great voyage of discovery that's never been recognised. What should I call it? So we decided we'd call it Hewaka Ekanoa, which means we're all in this waka together. And where that extended to 
from India, when she was explaining to Bianca, she explained that, you know, there's nothing to fear of the ocean. What you have to do is listen to it. You listen to the birds, the stars, the fish, and you listen to your walker. You take care of the walker. She will take care of you. Mm. And then she expanded it to, and the greatest walker in the universe is Papa Tūnuku, Mother Earth. So we are all on this walker together, He walker Ekanoa. So as we look at COVID-19, that's the message we want to send, send out now. We are all on this walker, Earth, together, and she is sending us signals. Are we listening? So all those factories that made all those goods that I don't need to buy anymore, when they close them down, she cleared the air up. Take the cars off the road. She clears the air up. So she's doing her job now because she's given us the opportunity. The real question for us after all of this is she's given us some lessons. She's shown what could be. Will we listen to her? I have had a very, very similar conversation recently, and and his tone of it was like, yeah, well, you've pissed around with me too long, so here you go. What do you think of yeah. this? There you go. Yeah. All right. You're no longer so, out. Stuff you. Next. Yeah, Stuff. Every, it's dead right because everybody talks about how we endanger the, endanger the planet. We do not endanger it one little bit. You know, we only endanger ourselves. So if we listen to everything around us and take care, this is a really great place great place for us. But if we abuse Papa Tuanuku, we will just piss her off and she'll say, done yep. with you. Stuff you got, man. Preach. Hundy. I always, it, it's like saying, so you know, you, you, you speak of the sea and I speak of the snow, right? You're up there in Mother Nature, you're looking around and, and you, it's like, you may be, you think you're the dopest shit of all time, but you are nothing compared to, oh, flipping a six foot slab that's going to go down and kill you in avalanche. Oh, flipping <laughs> a nice hundred foot rock, what should come out of it? It's it's that pure respect for something so much more powerful and greater that you need to have that so deep into you to really have that respect back. And for many, they don't get those chances to you know see beauty, get out, whatever. So many people are saying, you know, the, the birds are singing louder. There's more squirrels in here out there. There's all these different things that are bubbling. And it's like, Earth's breathing and resting. Leonie Reed just said um, she's re rebuilding her immunity while we let her sleep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Or or she's just given like the world a, a quick little bit of sprinkle, sprinkle, and everyone's just out like, ah, fuck. It's like, yeah. my chance. Oh, Francis is in. Francis Valentine. Yeah. She says, Kira Ian, so great to hear and see you. Such beautiful thoughts that we all need to reflect on. Hell yeah, Francis. <laughs> Hi, Francis. <laughs> she's so awesome. She was on the show <laughs> last week. I think, yeah, yeah, sort of, yeah, 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 it's mega. So, yeah, I always just get, I love it when we just go back and forth. It just becomes like this table tennis of like energy and we just keep like, okay, so you know how I had, um, I rang you up five years ago and I had an idea. Okay, so I got another one and I'll go to tell you. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've been quite excited about this one, but I've been, it's been crafting this last 48 hours. Okay, so I didn't realize, and I was talking about last night on, uh, we did a show with um, Dion Nash, James McConey, and uh, the bro Bruce sport, sport Chat. At the moment, there is billions of dollars of TV rights deals which aren't getting paid out because they haven't hit the threshold of 70% of uh, TV rights. Um, for those that don't know, if basically the players don't get paid if they don't hit the 70% mark, and certainly the NBA is there at the moment. Uh, NFL's risking that pretty, pretty highly at the moment because they might get zero, then no one gets paid. If New Zealand was first open to business and the government's already mandated two weeks lockdown, 
and they currently have 19 different hotels and motels. Could it be possible to create a campaign which would be called, it's a national-led sport campaign called uh, Game On Global, right? Game On Global is uh, any overseas sport could fly in on any New Zealand planes, which they would they would rent. They come straight from the airport to universities, which have full training complexes and gyms and and uh, and, and homestays and cafes and everything which you could, we could do. They do the two weeks quarantine at the end of the two weeks. The game, the games play, and we utilize locally underutilized resources right now of either um, production facilities. So you can get global distribution, so they can all get paid. New Zealand wins by if we're first open to business, we can get tr- some flights going from all over the world. The flipping Yugoslavian university A League volleyball crew would fly out there because everyone's got to do it and it could be a hub because my idea came trickled from uh dana white with ufc how he's building fight island with infrastructure and he's got to fly planes in players to stay for two weeks isolate fight piss off and if you comboed that and as soon as you said that you've got this you can fill the stadiums up and i know you're going to have an audio play at the back end of it i was thinking i'm like well Wait a second, all you need to do is ring up the universities and say, could we rent out all this shit? Ring up in New Zealand to say, yo, can we hire some planes? Get guaranteed transportation safety. Is it crazy idea that New Zealand could create this thing called Game On Global to get all global sport that needs to get finished here to do it if we were first open for business? Is that crazy? Is that cool? Is it has it got legs? Have you already done it? (laughs) You've done it, you bastard. Stuff you in. So, so not no. So we were we're looking at it on a um, on a um, consider our borders all closed. So we've got the people inside. So that's what we've been working on with the um, Dunedin Stadium. You know, so it's the only fully roofed stadium in the country. So it, you would only ever have to set it up once. Once the gear was in place, it was all locked in place, and you could play a range of sports in there. And what we're doing is turning the entire interior of it into a whole virtual stadium where people can text in, can do, you know, you 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 get to buy your avatars. So, you know, you've got two teams playing and there's a race on to buy the 30,000 seats, 30, seats to see who can get the most of your teams in there. So these virtual. are kind of, yeah, and gamifying time on the race down to yeah, reverse yeah. auction and, it. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thinking of that because then it was the same idea on a smaller scale. So if there was a, a franchise that really wanted to get back on, on air or Sky or Spark, wanted to create um, a sport that they could do safely, then you could, as you say, fly them into Dunedin. You could, there's hotels that are empty. So yep. each team could have its own hotels. You go in, you do that, you go out. Yes, and, and the upside of all of that is while that's happening, we're developing IP that you can take to the world. Then, So they're already, like we're talking with Major League Baseball, they're already talking along similar lines around the world. So it would be a lovely idea to bring those sports to New Zealand. But I think what's starting to happen is people are looking for those locations that they can make safe and then will shift their sports to those for six weeks, eight weeks, house them there and do them there. But I love, I love, you know. Mate, game on global. And it's a New yeah, Zealand brand to the world. It's, you it's plug a, in the fl- and, idea. Mate, 
And all that would happen is you'd change the sports per city. So you put all the NBA crew in Auckland. You put yeah, all exactly. the flipping, And so you put all the baseball crew in Dunno's. You use the yeah. same pitch. You've got all the same crew. You control the entire thing. Everyone yeah. gets the guaranteed lockdown at all these universities because they've got – it's like um, NFL training camp. You go for three weeks, locked down. You don't see anyone. And you, all you do is train, do sport, and in the mix. It's flipping yeah. – mate. Yeah. It's a great idea. Okay. It's a great idea. So but anyway, I, someone should do it. Yeah. Well, we'll do a little version of it. Yeah, there you go. Um, what else is okay, let's 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 take a dark tone for a second, Ian. I know I know we're both pretty negative people, so we'll try and no, we'll just so dabble down I, there. I, I do need to give you a, a, another bright tone that, that is oh, about that, that talks about the opportunities. Yes. So I have this mate here called Damien Van Brandenburg. And he's an architect. He's 36 years old. He's got Dude, that, that, that name sounds like an architect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's 36. He's got six staff, and they design all their buildings using laser printers. And the very first building he has ever built has had a budget of 1.5 billion US. It's four times the size of Tapapa. It's in Shenzhen in China, and it's already been declared a building of national importance because it is so spectacular designed all here in a studio behind a pizza restaurant using 3D printers. So anyway, Damien called me up a week ago and said, and he showed, he sent me this picture, and here he is, he's used his 3D printers to make face masks that nobody had. So anyway, we did some inquiries and out he went. He's been making 1,600 to 2,000 of these face masks using those 3D printers every day. He's done more than 10,000 of them. So then he goes out and he's delivered them to doctors, to dentists, to hospitals. And he just made a design that he shared with other people on, the, this thing it, on yeah. the internet and they're making them as well. So again, you look for the positive from COVID. This is a small business, of, well, a small business with a building that costs 1.5 billion, but a small business of six people. He's 36 and he's never built a building before he built that. But his first thought was, how do I use technology to make a difference here? And those 10,000 or more masks that he's made, he's delivered to everyone for free. And, you know, I just wanted to give him and Ash and his team a shout-out for showing... Oh! Oh, what's, what, what is Jacinda <laughs> ringing you? No, no, I'm meant to be on the panel. Oh, shit, you've got, no, no, you got to go, bro. I know you got your thing. Yeah, 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 okay. All right, I'm going to go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> See you, mate. Bye. 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 Peace. Ian's got a very important call uh, to do with sport uh, that is very, very important right now that needs to be happening. Uh, <laughs> we, we had to try and sneak it in because he's busy. I got shit going on. We knew we had a little gap and he's flipping in there. He's got to. So anyway, he's going to take it. Man, Ian, you're probably not listening now. Take. Fucking <laughs> Ian. Take Game On Global, take the idea, plant it in that next chat, and flip and throw the flip and hammer. Make that shit happen. Um, oh, man, yeah, I feel so bad. Oh, man, I know who's on that other call too. <laughs> oh, once again, see, Rebecca gets in trouble. I'll, I'll be uh, reprimanded uh, clearly at the end of this. So, anyway, stuff it. I reckon it's dope. All right, team. Um, Friday is slowly cranking along. We're slowly getting there. I... Uh, at least you got good news yesterday. And anyway, so that is uh, Ian Taylor. If you don't know, um, his company ARL um, Animated Research Limited. So when you watch uh, 
the cricket and you see like the ball doing the bounce shit that's him when you initially watch um uh the america's cup and you see all the tracking all the dots and all that shit that's him the flipping absolute such a g and i was really lucky we snaked him oh he's gonna get told off actually he won't because he's a boss i'll get told off or he'll just blame me and it's fine love your work um i always i love his flipping energy it's just so dope when he's like <laughs> all right see you soon team peace